0: Good evening, it was so nice to see in the morning the whole church was filled I mm-hmm. had uh, to change my seats and so sad in the evening that we mostly be talking to the chairs. Like I was just thinking if we announce hey tonight you know your president maybe Trump or Biden is coming in the evening we may have full house but when we have king of king present here we don't have people. Anyway, that's not our topic today. Uh, if you can uh, turn your Bible to Acts 91, one to 6 we will read. Before that, I want to sing one song. Oh, this is the first time I'm singing. Earlier when I was a sinner, I thought you need to have a good voice to sing. But once I g- got saved, I realized the melody has to come from the heart. Yeah. The few lines I want to sing for you.
1: I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemer. Redeem, redeem, his child and forever I am. I know I shall see him in his beauty, the king in whose way I delight, who lovingly guides Redeem redeemed by the blood of and forever, his child and forever, his child, child and forever we are. Praise the Lord. Thank you,
0: Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Father. Well, we, oh, before even we read, we will, we'll put a, we'll pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, my Lord, for this wonderful evening, my Lord. I especially pray for all the people who came in the morning, my Lord Jesus. Yes, my Lord, I especially pray for the one who are unsaved, my Lord, who still did not accept it, you as your savior. I pray, my Lord Jesus, the message this morning which Pastor preached should touch their heart. The Holy Spirit should knock their door and their door should get open, my Lord. I pray for all of them, my Lord. Thank you again for this wonderful evening. I pray you to be with me. Give me the word, yes, my Lord, so that I can talk about your kingdom. Thank you again for this evening. In your mighty name I pray, amen. Acts one. I will read it for you. And Saul, yet breathing out thread, inning and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the highest priest and desired of him letter to Damascus, Damascus to the synagogue, that he, if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from the heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Shaul, Shaul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling. And astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The message today, I want to ask you, Paul asked when he turned from Shal to Paul. The very important question he asked, God, my Lord, what you want me to do? Before I move to this uh, uh, message, I just while I was studying uh, about this message, I just found a quick uh, uh, reference for you. So this is Act nine six, and uh, you already have the Bible, and uh, you just want to have the look. The NIV Bible, what he says, and English, and all this version, brother uh, Joseph, can scroll down. So, and how it is different from the King James? You are completely missing the main major part. What will thou have me to do? And then, if you see, your brother, you can go all the way down, and none of the version will have that part. Oh, that's not a message, but I just it it just took my attention that none of the other Bible says that that. Shaul once got saved, or once he saw Jesus, he asked, what do you want me to do? If you you read that passage closely, I relate it with everyone's life, even my life too. How I will see that when Shaul was slaughtering against the disciple of the Lord, that's where he was unsaved, that's where I was unsaved, that's where he was walking in the dark and he was not believing that Jesus Christ is the only son of the God who is the biggest sin. He was in the dark. The way I was in the dark. The moment he saw the light, that's the light when we are in dark. That's the light when we move from the dark, when we, rep- when we recognize our sin, when we repent our heart. That's the light which Paul saw. That's the light when you and me saw. That's where we get saved. But that's just the first part of it and very important part. But there is a next part of it. God, what you want me to do? God, what you want me to do? Because you have given so much things to me. Now I know the truth. I see the light. There must be something you want from me. What you want me to do? You know, when when I got saved, such a wonderful experience it was, and you, everyone, you have that. Amen. When in my personal walk and talk with God, when I walk and this all thought comes to me, wonderful thoughts about heaven, that what God has done to me, he has changed my life. He has changed my life and I know I'm going heaven. Otherwise, where would I have gone? Where I would have spent my eternity? I know that. And now I know where I'm going. And when I remember my salvation, my heart pumps out. My heart asks my God, Jehovah, what you want me to do? God said, my son, you want to do something about for me because you got saved because now you know the truth? I say, yes, God, I want to do something for you. He said, go tell the gospel to be unsaved. Go tell the gospel to unsaved if you really want me to be happy, if you really want to please me, if you really want to glorify me, preach the gospel. You do your job. Listen, people when you and me got saved we are not just died and went to heaven god still keeps us on this earth because there is a purpose right. he does not hey you got saved nithin come up no he want you to be here to do the god's work his will from you and that's what we all are supposed to do see you don't go to heaven But you know the wonderful thing? The God, the Holy Spirit from the heaven comes and stays with you. How wonderful it is. And still we don't want to do anything for God. I don't know about your life, but I'll talk about my life only. What I have received, what I have received, when I always think about that, if you forget your salvation, you are not going to serve God, I'll tell you. If you don't remember that moment, if you don't have, you know, that's what the heart—the day you got saved, that tender heart—that's the heart God's want you to have forever, till on this you are on this earth. I sometimes I wish—I know my heart. You, everyone, know your own heart. I wish if this heart get my change any time, it's better to go up rather than staying here. There's no use. I want to protect my heart. I want to be tender the way God wants us to be, because that's when I can serve him. That's the heart God is looking for. That's the people God is looking for, so that they can serve him. See, as I said, if you really understand the importance of the salvation, let me give you an idea since the insertion of the start of this earth, we are in what, 2021? Imagine how many souls, how many nations, how many billions of people are dying without Christ. They have already went to hell. They don't have any opportunity to come back. And here we are, here I am, out of that billion one who know the truth. Does that not suffice you the definition of salvation? That's why I said, if you really know the meaning of salvation, you cannot sit back. What you have received, what you have received, and if you forget that your first love, it's not good, Mm friends. People are dying. People are dying. You got that. As I said, I sit back, I relax, and I think about my salvation. I tell my wife, I tell my son, how come we got saved? And how big thing it is what we got. So, so if that's what I say, if you forget the meaning of your true, true importance of your salvation, you will black slide. My friends, I want to tell you this morning. Sorry, the evening. I was just thinking if you are wake up, but yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. So, for the salvation, of course, I I found I felt there are two parts of it. One part called shawl, other part called Paul. When you are unsaved, you accepted Christ as your savior. I want to challenge you. I want to ask you: Did you ask God that Jesus, what you want me to do? Or you did, you had your salvation, and you went back and relaxed, because there is always next part to it. Because as I said, once you die, God does not take you to the heaven. But God comes from the heaven and stays in you. As he said in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Which ye have God, and ye are not your own. We are sold when we got salvation. He has purchased with his precious blood, which he has stayed on the cross. You are not of your own. And for what you are holding for? What is that you are holding? What is that is stopping to serve the God? Let me give you one more thought. Your salvation, is just a duty of some other Christian who understand the second part of it. Will you agree or not? If that person, if will have after got saved, have sat back and relax, hey, I got saved now, I don't have to do anything. Where will you have been? You will not known the truth, ever. Someone does the duty, someone does the second part. God, what you want me to do? He said, share the gospel. And that's where we got saved. Because someone did a job, someone did a duty, who is supposed to do, and then it's your turn to do that for others. Because someone was a mediator for you, The way God was a mediator. Jesus was a mediator. For us. Once you get saved. There was someone who was mediator for you. Who shared the gospel with you. Who prayed for you. So that your soul should get saved. And you got saved. You have to go that chain going. If you break the chain. You know how wrong it is. You got the seat, but you don't want other one to have it. That's how it is. That's how it, it describes it. Because I got saved. I'm happy about it. And I don't want to do anything. See, God wants to use you. But then you will say, God does not use me then. I want to use, yeah. But everything has a rule. God says in Psalms 1016, mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land faithful of the land that they may dwell with me and this is the last part which is very important he that walketh in a perfect way he shall serve me he does not say all who got saved shall serve me he want everyone to be who are saved to serve him but he says He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Are you serving God? Can God God seize your heart and say, hey, yeah, you know, this is the perfect heart which I want. He's not holding anything back. He's old and he dies. He's a new creation. And I want him to serve me. Can God seize your heart and say that? See, I I, I want to give you three options and I want you to decide because I cannot see your heart. I'm just not talking to all who are in the church, but anywhere who are watching this online or where later all people who watch this. I am giving you three categories and you decide where you stand. See, whenever you go to a big uh, mall, right, like say American mall, and it's a huge mall, you want to go from one place to another, what you do first, you don't know this mall, you go to the map and select where you are. And from there say, hey, you know what, Where are we? here we are. And we have to move from here to this place. That's what we do. So I want to give you three options to decide where you are. So first option, there are three kind of people in this world. One, who is a natural man. You say, what is wrong with a natural man? Oh, there is everything wrong with this natural man. Because natural man cannot go to heaven god says until and unless a person is born again with the holy spirit that will only happen when you recognize your sin repent of your sin and accept jesus as your savior that's where you become the spiritual man if not you are just a natural man who is born once and die twice is first dies from this earth. Second, God pull him from for his judgment and kill him next time. So he died twice. Right. A natural man can be a doctor, can be a president, can be a preacher, can be a pastor. He can be anything. Yeah. Right. A natural man can be serving his whole life to the Jesus or any other God. But natural man cannot go to heaven. Yeah. Let me give you an example. You all have the internet, your, your home, right? You browse. You have the Wi-Fi, so the internet signal is coming, right? Internet is directly your mobile or your laptop does not directly connect it. You need to have the modem, which take that signal, translate, and that give it to your devices. So the natural man is the same way; will not understand the spiritual things. Well, he will know whole knowledge of the Bible. He may know more verses than me or any pastor. But he, unless he have that receiver, which is called Holy Spirit in him, he will not understand the spiritual thing. I was not having my receiver till 38 years. I was not knowing what is happening. Till I got saved. Till I repented of my heart. And that's where my natural man has died. And I became the spiritual man. So natural man does not go to heaven and for all the natural man there is a hope that what Christ died did on the cross but that hope is only till you are on this earth. Second and these are very dangerous the second part of it the carnal man that's the problem with the Christianity the problem with the christian it is the carnal man yeah. you know what carnal man is mm-hmm. sunday going christians pastor feed me we are babies pastor we come every sunday feed me pastor they are holding till their old life they are not giving up and that's where god don't want to use them you know the scripture bible says very strong statement about the carnal man and revelation 2 5 it says so especially these are the saved people who are going to go heaven because they are saved they accepted jesus christ as their savior but they are not doing their duties these are the people who did not understand the second part of it these are the people who got saved and now they want to be in church they got saved because someone did their duty but they don't want to do their own duty they don't want to invite people they don't want to do anything these are the carnal man and you know what bible says in revelation 2 5 remember therefore from where hence thou art fallen and repent and do the first work or else i will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent so see how what is telling he's telling to repent the repent when I did when I got saved he's telling them to repent again repent of your sin because now you are not doing your work in 2nd Peter 2 21 it says Paul says also Peter for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness then after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them so once they got saved they know the righteousness they know the truth now they again want to go back to the dark and this last statement i'll tell you in revelation 3 16 it is so strong for the carnal man. so then because thou art lukewarm And neither cold nor hot, I will spoo thee out of my mouth. So Jesus telling, I will omit you out of my mouth, the lukewarm or the neither cold or nor the hot people which call the carnal man. I will spoo thee out of my mouth. That's what Jesus says. That's what the Bible says. You have to do your second part. There is no option. Last one, the third person. When we saw the natural man, second we saw the carnal man. And the third one is the spiritual man. These are the people who got saved. When they got saved, they was babies. They have that uh, hunger, the worst Oh, I, I did not remember that. I could have the one we have for this week. These are the babies which get feed and they became young. But the expectation is not you to stay or me to be young. The expectation, you know what? That we should be giant in faith when we are on this earth. You cannot stay like that. That's the expectation God has from you and me or everyone who is called yourself as a spiritual. As I said, you decide where you stand. Are you a natural man? Are you a carnal man, or are you a man who God likes? That's the spiritual man. I like to give you, fellow, few examples. Brother Josh, if you can put that a picture. Wow! See, the scary picture, right? Backsliding. No one likes it, right? Oh, oh, oh. like the feeling itself, and we see. But let me tell you this is for spiritual man's if you are not praying enough that you have used to pray before then you are backsliding if you are not reading your Bible the way you used to read before then you are backsliding if your faith is not growing every day with your age then you are backsliding if you are not inviting the people to the church the way you used to do before then you are backsliding if you are not sharing the gospel then you used to do before then you are backsliding if you are not having the burden of the unsaved people around you the way you used to have before Then you are backsliding if your heart is not tender the way it was when you got saved then you are backsliding if you are not relying on God the way you used to rely before then you are backsliding and very important you know if you are not loving God today Then you loved him yesterday. If you're not loving him more than yesterday, you are backsliding. And devil wants you to do that. Because guess, when if you start rising, if you start becoming a giant in your faith, you know, you may conquer many people. You can bring many people to Christ. And devil does not want you to do that. So it does not, every spiritual, every person has to grow. Everyone has to grow. Everyone has to submit ourselves every morning for that day to the God, that God lead me, give me a wisdom, protect me from everything. Protect me from everything. Imagine King David must have not done that day, the day he was did that sin. He must not have submitted that day for him. Imagine his faith—how strong he must be in his life—that we have the whole Bible talking about him, and yet that person did a sin. What about your and my faith? Does that stand the same way the King David faith is? We have to submit to God every day. We have to submit the God to every day. See, you may feel that hey, I want to, I want to serve God. I want to do everything. I want to be a. I want to be a person as a spiritual in growth. I don't know what to do. You don't have to do anything, you know. Your desire, because God is your provider. God is your provider. He gives you everything what you want. It's just your desire. You know, in my life I, I saw, he make the people stand in front of you, Nitin. he is the person. He, your conversation to start and tell him the salvation. He tells me. A person directly coming, standing in front of me, I not knowing him, I know, God puts in my mind, you know anything what he needs now, right? i was like, yeah, I know. Bring that conversation and share the gospel with him. God provides you everything. Let me give a very wonderful example. You if you come here? Yeah, come here. Yeah, quick, quick. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah is my lovely son, as you know, right? His name is Johan. You know him, right? And I love him. And he's only one of, only my son. Okay? Just remove your coat. I just need it. Okay, thank you. Brother Brian, can you come here? Give me the watch also. Huh? Give me the watch quick. Yeah, you can stand there, brother. Brian. Yeah. Now, he's my son, as you know, he's the only one son I have. Right? I love him a lot. Now imagine brother Brian comes to me one day and he says anything, hey, you know what? I want your son. I was like, oh, oh, oh why, why you need my son? Hey, you know I have one purpose. For that purpose, you know, I want to torture him. I want to do whatever I want with him and then I want to kill him. I'll say, hey, do you got mad? He's my only one son. I will not do it. I will not do it. Then I went to brother Brian, and I understood, hey, what is the purpose for you? Do you want my son? And you know what he said? He explained me the purpose. And now I understood the purpose. And I found that the purpose sufficed, that he needs my son to die. So what I did is I took my son. I said, are. Oh, don't worry. Here you go, brother Brian torture my son, you can kill him. And then, brother Brian comes. Hey, you know what? I have one more need. I'll say, what? I need his coat. I'm like, oh yeah, take it. I've given you my son. Will I hold this back? Hey, you know, know, I want his watch. Oh yeah, take it. I've given my son for him. Will I hold that blazer? Will I hold that watch for me? No. That's what God does for you. He given your only one son to you. Do you think he will hold back? No, he will give everything what you want. Because he already given his only one son for you. So that your sin are forgiven. Do you think God does not provide you? When he has given his only one son to you, do you think he is holding something back with him? And he does not want to give you? That's not our God is. He given your His only one son. He will not hold back. You just ask. You just ask, and he will give it to you. You can go. Thank you. He'll give it to you. See, my friends. God want to use you. God want to use you. But as long as you have the desire, and most importantly, you are, you have, as the verse says. What the verses I read for you from the psalm. He that walketh in a perfect way. He shall serve me. He shall serve me. You guys. I thank you for pastor declaring me, declaring me as a missionary. When I go back to India. I'll tell you one thing. My brother Moti uncle. He's, a, he's in 70's in a Baltimore church. He gave me a wonderful thought one day. Hey, you know, for your church, why not when you go back to feel that place is you give some Indian family to your pastor? I was like, what a good thought it is. And, you know, whenever I see some Indian or someone, I just thought maybe this is one for that person. That once I go can replace me. See, it may happen that I may not find anyone. That's okay. But my desire and effort should always be there. Let me find someone can replace i know all of us are praying for a good church or a big building you know do you think that we need to pray more god has already heard our prayer but there are effort only four or five people which we have you know in the church who are serving when you have the big church it means that you need to you want to have big crowd it means that you have want to have big giants standing here who are serving that crowd so God says, you do your part, you show me the need. Else do you think that our church is not suffice? No, we have the people, church, we have the city. And the people, the people three, four can serve them. God said, you show me. You bring the people, you make them strong in the faith. Else if the 200 or 300 when comes, because your expectation is that, right? That's why why you want to have a big building. That's why we want to have a big building. For else we have, what is the other reason? We want more people but to have more people we need to have a good strong spiritual person standing over here who can serve that people. God has already heard our prayer. He said yes I will give you. I have given you my son. You think this, this piece of a land I will not give it to you? Will not give it to you? I have given you my son. You do your job. You make the people stand you bring the people you make them strong you make them Christian you make them strong in your faith in God's faith so that when the crowd will come they are ready to them. I hope this message helped you this evening thank you again thank you for this wonderful church for the love you guys you had you showed to us see that's the one reason you have you have everyone in you That you, one sinner, you change into a ministry. This church has that potential. You people, otherwise what? I I came from outside, I learned? No, everything what I learned from this church. So you do have the potential to do that. You have already proved that. But you need to have many. Otherwise what? We will be sliding back. We will be sliding back. That's what they will want us to do. Thank you again. Thank you for the church, for the love you have. Thank you for praying for me and my family. God bless you all. Thank you.
2: Amen. It's a great thought. And, uh, boy, he saved us. I say that all the time. He said it in a little bit different way. But God doesn't save us so that he can take us right to heaven. He saves us, and the reason he doesn't take us right to heaven is because he's got a job for every single one of us to do, and that's a that's a question that we ought to be asking. I've read that story a thousand times, and I've, I've preached messages from there, and I don't know if I've ever preached a message on that, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do, but that's exactly what he said as soon as he got saved. He knew who he was serving, and he realized what, ha- he realized what had happened in his life. He realized what changed, and that's the first thing that came to his mind. You know, you think, well, I'm not a great Christian. I've got a long way to grow. Paul was literally a Christian for 10 minutes, maybe less, when the first thing that he said is, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Amen. You don't have to be a great Christian. But you know what happens? The more you serve God, the better, the better Christian you get too. Because the more you learn, and the more he teaches you, and the more you grow, the more you want to grow. And the more you're going up the slide instead of backwards down it, the more you want to keep going, right? And it's uphill, it's uphill, it's not easy. You ever done that when you were a kid on the playground? Every kid, you know, got to a certain age and wanted to be the one running up the slide, you know? It's not easy, but it's, it's good at the top of the slide. And when you, start, when you stop serving, it's when you start going back down. And that's exactly what God does not want for us. He wants us to serve Him. He wants us to live for Him. Great message. Stand at your feet, if you will. Heads bowed and your eyes closed. We'll pray. That's a very convicting message. And boy, we can always do more. We can always do more. But maybe God spoke to your heart specifically about something tonight. Maybe you need to ask that question. Lord, what do you want me to do? He may not call you to go to the mission field. He may not call you to go start a church somewhere or something like that. But he might call you to get more involved in some of the ministries. He might call you to get more involved in giving the message of the gospel out more than you are. I don't know. It's a scary question to ask. But it's a necessary question to ask. And if you're not asking it, then you're, you're backsliding. You're backsliding. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for the message tonight. I pray that you'd continue to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. As the piano plays, the invitation is open.